Welcome to the Cage Side Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about UFC 246 that just took place last night. And uh, yeah, a lot of questionable results happened. Uh, if we look at the whole card itself, it was never really the best card. It was actually probably one of the weakest cards of pay-per-views you could say ever. It, it was a very weak pay-per-view. Um, similar to UFC 219. Um, the only thing that really was on there that made it a pay-per-view was Conor McGregor. Uh, you did have a few good fights, though, like um, Tim Elliott, a veteran of the game, coming in. Uh, also, Andre Touchy-Feely and Sadiq Youssef, another great fight. But we'll we'll go into them detail. We'll go into the details of, like it's all basic. With uh, I did say Sadiq uh, Youssef would win that fight. He was one of my uh, watch, one of my ones to watch. Um, yeah, he looked good. That was a really big test for him to come up against Andre uh, Touchy Feely, and uh, yeah, it was a really really good result for him. And he's only just going to keep on climbing. Now we're going to go into. There's about three fights I want to really get into here, and then we'll and then the Conor McGregor fight. So Macy Barber versus Roxanne Modafferi. Weird fight from the first round. I'm not saying you could feel the pressure of like Macy Barber felt the pressure, but I feel like the knee in the second round. So uh, Roxanne sort of. Went for a jab, then sort of buckled Macy Barber's knee, buckled, and then you can tell she was in pain and screamed out. So that was the second round, but she did lose the first round. So realistically, the knee wasn't so much the cause of of the loss. You could say I feel like you can't take any away from anything away from Roxanne. She got the result done because of how well she fought and how well she was on the ground. I did expect a bit more from Macy Barber, though, especially on the feet. Like, her grappling, uh, uh, grappling as well. To be honest, uh, Roxanne would probably, Roxanne has the edge, but Macy coming from, you know, Ben Askren as one of her coaches. I mean, I expected a bit more well-roundedness from Macy Barber, and maybe this was just a step too high too soon, but... It it was a really weird fight. I did really expect her to win that fight. Um, and she just buckled under the pressure. And then her knee buckled along with it. So it's quite it's quite upsetting to see. I think she will be back. But not for another... Could be another eight to nine months. Uh, we won't see her back. Next we talk about Anthony Pettis versus Diego Ferreira. In a weird fight that realistically when you think about... Anthony Pettis knocking out, uh, about seven months ago, knocking out uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And also fighting Nate Diaz in a tough fight only about five months ago. To coming along and losing. Like, don't get me wrong, Diego Ferreira, one of the, one of the best um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners in a lightweight division. A lot of people sort of discredit him. He's very good uh, on the ground. But I really didn't, I sort of expected Anthony Pettis to sort of stay on his feet and not get sort of taken down too much. And that was my shock, to be honest. That was where I was like, oh, 
okay, well, some something something's wrong here. And um, yeah, he just it was it was weird. He he just I don't know. I don't know. He went back down to lightweight. It was a bit confusing why he'd done that when he was looking quite good at welterweight. He only lost to Nate Diaz. Who Nate Diaz, someone losing to, isn't really a bad thing. Like I think your best bet is sort of staying at welterweight and building yourself up. As for Diego Ferreira, uh, I mean, you could put him in now with someone like. You could you could you could put him in with Charles Oliveira, possibly. That'll be a fun fight. Um, you know I I, I don't know I, I, I think look uh, I feel like Charles Oliveira is facing Kevin Lee, if I'm correct. You could also have Islam Makachev. Um, if I'm Looking at it, what I'd like to see Diego Ferreira fight. I'd like to see him fight Charles Oliveira. I think Charles Oliveira is probably fighting. Um, I believe he's fighting Kevin Lee. Um, I'm gonna look because that's that's one fight I would like to see. I don't think so. I don't think he. Okay, well he's free. I'd I'd like to see Charles Oliveira uh, versus um, versus Diego Ferreira. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in that fight. Very interested. Uh, especially with Charles Oliveira. He's, I like, I like his stand-up. I like Oliveira's stand-up. And he, and he shows that he can, he can stand up and fight. And I feel like Diego Ferreira might struggle with that grittiness of Charles Oliveira. That's a great fight, mate. Or Islam Makachev is a great fight for Diego Ferreira. I mean, Islam Makachev, if he gets, I'd like to see uh, Islam Makachev, if he gets taken down, how will he deal with uh, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner? How will he deal with that? I'd love to see that. That would be a really interesting fight. Uh, we, we won't talk about Oday Osborne. That was uh, kind of confusing. I mean, I did expect a bit more from Oday. Um, the Maurice uh, Maurice Green um, and uh, Olienic fight, I didn't. Re- I, I did sort of see it coming. I did see Olenek uh, getting a submission win. Uh, that was a, one of the only results I actually picked correct. Uh, the McGregor home and Olenek fight, I feel like that's the only three I got right. Um, then we'll talk about Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington. Again, very similar to the uh, first fight. Quite boring. Uh, same sort of thing. Decision win for Holm. Not much to talk about. She's saying she wants the belt. Um... She literally only just fought for it. She fought for it last year. I, I, I don't. I can't see her get. Listen, she's getting older now. I don't think she's she's beating Amanda Nunes. She's not beating Amanda Nunes. And there's not a lot a lot of different weight jumps she could make. Like if she was a, if she was a man, she could maybe oh maybe I can move up or down, because Amanda Nunes holds two of the weight divisions, and then the next one down. I I I I I just. I don't, I don't think, I don't, no, I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe Holly Holm, well, we'll see, my my point, my point is, I feel like Holly Holm probably should, I don't think she should get a title shot, because she's only just fall for it, and I can already see what would happen right now, she would get sparked, 
Um, but it's such a loose division that you could see that happening if she racks a few wins under her belt. <sighs> Let's get into a short fight, but I'll analyse it correctly uh, in more in detail than the other fights because all the other fights were kind of shit. So... Let's talk about McGregor versus Cowboy. So, I remember saying this will go, this will only go one way for McGregor. It's, it'll be a fast knockout, a fast knockout, or he doesn't land on the chin, doesn't find Cowboy, takes him longer and longer, and could possibly get submitted in the fourth or fifth. Maybe fourth, I would say. Fifth, I couldn't really see him get some head. Fourth. So, I was right in my prediction. But as the fight was getting closer, I was like, I, I was thinking about the Gaethje fight. And I was thinking, you know what? He has come back from two losses and he has performed. But this, I was in really two minds about it. I stick with my prediction, Conor McGregor inside the first round very quick. And I was correct. The way he came out, I think he came out to to damage Cowboy, like damage him. There was no mind games. There's nothing like oh, walk down uh, like he done with Habib, um, or even like he done with um, with uh, Jose Aldo, where he was light on the feet, staying back and forth. No, he went forward. He was there to make a statement. I think he saw the Justin Gaethje fight against Cerrone, and then was like, okay. I reckon I reckon I could do this quicker. I reckon I'll do this quicker because his chin's evaporated. I mean, that Gaethje knockout was kind of scary. Um, so, he came out strong. He came out to hurt Cowboy. And Cowboy didn't really expect that. And it showed. Because he wasn't prepared. When he went in for a clinch, Conor McGregor was using shoulders. And that probably broke cowboy's nose i mean i wouldn't be surprised if it broke his nose like they hurt big time and i feel like that weakened cowboy's chin immensely so the they ended up breaking out he got separated cowboy froze he he seemed wobbled but cowboy froze a kick um and you could tell it was very, very slow and lethargic. He wasn't all there. And he was like, right, I feel like this is curtains here. So what he does is he throws a, a similar head kick, but with a lot more speed. Connects perfectly on the chin. Perfection it was on the chin. And it was over from there. Um, it, weren't a, it weren't a late stoppage, in my opinion. It was called correct because... Cowboy can come back. He has come back from things like that. So it was a fair stoppage. But he came in with that head kick beautifully. And we don't really see McGregor do that that much. I mean, McGregor's usually usually either throwing capoeira-type style kicks or, um, or just straight boxing. And the only time I've really seen him do that sort of kick was against uh, Habib. And, uh, and I, I don't know what round it was. It might have been the second round. He threw, that, he threw like a head kick like that. 
but it was a lot slower and lethargic. And it's weird because I saw McGregor at this weight, and I was like, I didn't really expect him to come out with as much energy as he did. I mean, that kick, I know it was like 30 seconds into the fight, so you can't really count it, but that kick was was powerful and quick. Um, but yeah, brilliant kick, lays on the punches, brilliant precision, what do you expect from McGregor, and uh, finishes the fight. My opinion, Cowboy should retire. He's probably made around about 10 mil. Or, eh, with sponsorships, Budweiser, he could have made around about 5 to 10 mil here. I would call it call it a day. Too many knockouts now. It, 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 it's done. You've broken every record. Records are made to be broken. You don't have to extend them. You've got them records. They're under your name for now. Go off into the sunset. Um, as for McGregor, I don't want to see him at world to wait. I don't want to see him well away. He's talking about Kamara Usman. And Kamara Usman isn't someone to really mess with. He he he's 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 sort of he's sort of a bigger version of Habib. He's a he's a lot he's a, I, I don't want I don't want people to, to take this the wrong way. But Kamara Usman is a stronger version of Habib. Not saying Kamara Usman would beat Habib. But in terms of power, and in terms of in terms of size, Kamara Usman is a lot bigger and is a lot better at one seventy than Conor McGregor is at one seventy. Because a forty second fight, I don't believe he's knocking out Kamara Usman in forty seconds. Uh, a, a battered cowboy who's on a two fight loss streak, you can sort of expect that. So end of the day I don't want to see him at welterweight I feel like Kamara Usman is too big for McGregor however Jorge Masvidal I know Dana said that he's too he's too big for McGregor but I feel like Jorge Masvidal is basically the roundabout size if McGregor wants to stay at 170 and have a big fight at 170 that's the fight to make because Kamara Usman is done it is over from there because he's just too big it'll be quite it'll be quite a boring fight a very boring fight it'll be very similar to Habib fight except Conor will gas out even quicker because he's at 170 so it'll be a boring version and and you know what and I'll tell you this now if Habib decides to go up to 170 I believe Habib would beat Kamara Usman so don't get me wrong when I say this but in terms of McGregor McGregor has more chance against Habib than McGregor does at 170 against Kamara not saying that uh, that Kamaru is a better fighter than um, Habib, but that's just the gist of it. That's due to Conor McGregor final one seventy. If he wants a big fight against Jorge Masvidal, though, I still think Jorge Masvidal would beat McGregor. Um, I feel like Jorge Masvidal is great at that weight. He's sort of perfect and primed. Um, I don't. I've only seen Conor McGregor three times, and two of the times. He did gas out in the first and second. And the third fight, it lasted 40 seconds against a 38-year-old bad cowboy. So, everything's driving me to say, go back to 155. Don't stay at 170. If you want to fight um, Jorge Mazadal and have a chance, that's that's really the only fight you can take. Because a fight against Kamara is just not, not good. Um, at 170, who would I like to see him fight? You got a few options. I feel like you got two prime options here. 
you've got Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje. I believe Justin Gaethje is the perfect one. Dustin Poirier's just fought, fought for the title against Habib. So Poirier needs to sort of, he needs a win. He needs a win. And that the McGregor fight, I, I think McGregor's probably going to beat Poirier. Gaethje, however, Gaethje's someone where you can never say, oh yeah, there's a, this is definitely McGregor win against Gaethje. Because no, Gaethje will put his life on the line. And if you get caught by one shot from a grandma or from Justin Gaethje, you're getting knocked out clean on the chin. And that's what Justin Gaethje is. He's wild. And I don't know how McGregor would deal with that. And I would love to see it. So what I'd like to see McGregor go down, what road I'd like to see McGregor go down, is the Justin Gaethje fight. In And I'll tell you what, it was a 40-second fight, so he can probably fight in February. He's, he's going to have no medical suspension. He hasn't had any weight cut, so there's not going to be no like uh, problem in terms of weight cut because he hasn't cut any weight. Didn't take any punches. I'd put him, I'd put him on a card in February. I put him in a card in February. Um, don't 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 call it a UFC numbered pay per view. Just call it a UFC UFC. Not even a UFC fight night. If McGregor don't like that sort of, if he wants to feel bigger than that, just call it UFC McGregor versus the 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 Gaethje or McGregor versus the the Poirier, whatever. But I wouldn't have it as a pay per view number because it sort of discredits. The Habibs and Tony Ferguson's and the uh, Israel Adesanya's and the Yoel Romero's. This card was bad. It was bad from start to finish. It was a really, really, really boring, boring card. Boring. It was literally the only thing I was excited for was McGregor versus Cerrone. Uh, Macy Barber I was excited for. She collapsed. I was a little bit excited for Ade. It was a bit of uh, a bit all day. Sorry, a bit of a collapse. Anthony Pettis, I, I thought, oh mate, well Anthony Pettis, former champion on the card, gets submits by Diego Ferreira, which, you know, Diego Ferreira has great jiu-jitsu background, but still, he shouldn't be losing them fights. It was a very underestimated, uh, under underwhelming card, and I'd just like him to stack it out a bit more instead of just making it a cash grab. So McGregor versus. Um, Gaethje in March. That's what I'd like to see. Uh, great, great fight though. First of all, for McGregor to come back to. This was a comeback fight. No, I don't know if Dana White's got assassins on Tony Ferguson to like because he's talking about McGregor put, getting put in if one of them pulls out. And that that that's a bit that's a bit worrying to me because Justin Gaethje hasn't had a crack at Habib. McGregor has had a cracker, Habib, and lost. So realistically, if there's a backup replacement to Tony Ferguson, it is Justin Gaethje. But money talks. And you know what? Dana, Dana in, t- in some respects, makes me a bit sick because he should not. He should have one. He should have at least one fight at 155 before he fights for a title at 155. That just makes sense. And that's the problem with UFC over boxing. Big problems, and I would love to get into a debate about UFC versus boxing because there's some things that UFC just blow out of the water, but there's some things in boxing where UFC and there's one man who has power over all the roster. You see, mandatories are made in in boxing. There's no mandatories 
with with UFC. It's it's whoever makes them more money. I mean, you look at it, Israel Adesanya. I mean, Israel Adesanya came in, uh, uh, Robert Whittaker pulled out, Kelvin Gaston was weighing all alone, throw in Israel Adesanya, and they sort of knew Israel Adesanya was going to beat Kelvin Gaston. Money talks, and it's just sad to see. I'd like to see Gaethje uh, fight for the title. Um, but if not, I'd like to see Gaethje versus McGregor. Anyway, thank you guys for watching. Another podcast will be out probably sometime in the next couple of weeks because I've just smashed out three podcasts in the last week. So I'm going to have a little break for like a couple of weeks uh, because we really haven't got any. Uh, I might do the JDS uh, JDS um, Blades preview because that card is better than the bloody pay-per-view card. So I don't know if that makes sense. So yeah, we've got, oh, we've got, we've got some, we've got some, RDA versus Michael Chiesa. And we got Blades versus Santos. Ooh. Arnold Allen as well as on that card. That's nice. That's a good card. Very good card. No, I am interested. Okay, thank you very much for watching. See you in a bit, guys. Peace.